Good morning. And uh, Pastor Troy Slater from Faith in Richmond, and uh, my pleasure to be with you this morning. Uh, I guess maybe not the best circumstances, but uh, uh, it happens, and, and so uh, good to be with you. Glad a, a virus can't keep the, the people of Trinity uh, from, from gathering together on this Lord's Day. Uh, so thanks be to God for that, and, and glad to, to be able to help out. And uh, our order of service today is uh, setting one... Uh, without Holy Communion, I have to get back to, uh, to, to faith for service. So without communion today, uh, and that service begins on 151. And um, I'll be, I'll be uh, leaving right, right after the opening hymn, or excuse me, after the closing hymn. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and uh, so I won't let someone else, I guess, handle any announcements afterwards. But... Uh, um, our opening hymn, uh, however, is 346, and uh, so let us sing. Let us pray. Stir up our hearts, O Lord, to make ready the way of your only begotten Son, that by his coming we may be enabled to serve you with pure minds, through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our Old Testament reading for this, the second Sunday in Advent, is from Malachi chapter 3. Behold, I send my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple, and the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight. Behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. But who can endure the day of his coming, and who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire, and like fuller's soul. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver, and he will purify the sons of Levi and refine them like gold and silver. And they will bring offerings in righteousness to the Lord. Then the offering of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasing to the Lord as in the days of old as, and as in former years. Then I will draw near to you for judgment. I will be a swift witness against the sorcerers, against the adulterers, against those who swear falsely against those who oppress the hired worker in his wages, the widow and the fatherless, against those who thrust aside the sojourner and do not fear me, says the Lord of hosts. For I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore you, O children of Jacob, are not consumed. From the days of your fathers, you have turned aside from my statutes and have not kept them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And our epistle text is from Philippians chapter 1. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, for you all making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I'm sure of this. That he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. 
It is right for me to feel this way about you all because I hold you in my heart. For you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness, how I yearn for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. According to St. Luke, the third chapter. In the fifteenth year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, Pontius Pilate, being governor of Judea, and Herod, being tetrarch of Galilee, and his brother Philip, tetrarch of the region of Ituria and Triconitus, and Lysanias, tetrarch of Abilene, during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas. The word of God came to John, the son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. And he went into all the region around the Jordan, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. As it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hill shall be made low. And the crooked shall become straight, and the rough places shall become level ways, and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. He said, therefore, to the crowds that came out to be baptized by him, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruits in keeping with repentance. And do not begin to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children for Abraham. Even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. And the crowds asked him, What then shall we do? And he answered them, Whoever has two tunics is to share with him who has none, and whoever has food is to do likewise. Tax collectors also came to be baptized and said to him, Teacher, what shall we do? And he said to them, Collect no more than you are authorized to do. Soldiers also asked him, And we, what shall we do? And he said to them, Do not extort money from anyone by threats or by false accusation, and be content with your wages. This is... The Gospel of the Lord. Praise be to you, Christ. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our crucified and risen Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ. Amen. You may be seated. 
Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, well, uh, just a, a few minutes ago, using the, the collect of the day, we prayed, Stir up our hearts, O Lord, to make ready the way of your only begotten Son. You know, I, I think that that, that collect, it summarizes quite well for us this season of Advent that we are in. After all, that word Advent means coming, and Advent is a time of preparing for, of, of making sure that we are ready for our Lord's coming. And so we pray, stir up our hearts, O Lord, to make ready the way of your only begotten Son. And you know, I suppose in a, in, a, in a way, at least, the world would not argue with us too much on the fact that Advent is a time of preparation, a time of, of making sure that we are ready. I mean, after all, the, the question of are you ready is a common one this time of year. Uh, are you ready as in are all the presents bought and wrapped? Are the parties planned and, and, and travel arrangements made? Is the decorating done? Are the cookies made? Are you ready for Christmas? And you know, while there's certainly nothing wrong with such things, well, as Christians, you know, I think we know that, that such things are not the ultimate focus of our, our preparations this time of year, or, or any time of the year for that matter. For something far, far more important than just a day on the calendar is coming. Something far, far more important than just family gatherings or, or gift-giving opportunities is coming. For Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. And in fact, that was the basic message of John the Baptist, the account of who we find in our gospel reading for today. And as you, uh, you might recall, John was a relative of Jesus, born six months uh, before Jesus. And, and John's birth was also what we could call a miracle, although certainly not uh, quite on the same scale of, of Jesus' virgin birth. Uh, but, the, but the angel Gabriel had come to a priest by the name of Zechariah and told him that his wife Elizabeth would bear a son, even though uh, Elizabeth was barren and well advanced in years. Gabriel told Zechariah to name his son John, and, and that John would go on before the Lord to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And then, our Gospel reading for today records for us the fulfillment of those words as John becomes that voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. You see, like, like a train whistle warning of an approaching train, John came preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. He signaled, God is doing something. God is coming. And so are you ready? Stop living like nothing is going to happen, like you're never going to meet your maker. Stop living like life is about eating and drinking, buying and selling, stealing and hoarding. Turn away from your sin, leave it behind, and turn to the one who is coming to save you from that sin. Yes, repent, John says, get ready, was his message. So, 
I mean, what's this have to do with us? I mean, Jesus, he, he, he came, right? He was born in Bethlehem a little over 2,000 years ago. He lived, he died, rose again, ascended to heaven. And so now John's preparatory message of repentance doesn't really apply to us anymore. I mean, Jesus has, has come. And so now on this December 5th, 2021, we can get ready to celebrate a birthday, right? Christmas, the, the decorations, the presents, the parties, right? We don't need to heed John's message. Although hopefully, right, all of us would agree that, I mean, that's, that's certainly not uh, the case, right? But, but I'm afraid that, that that may be what we are in danger of turning this time of the year into. I mean, for do we spend more time shopping than we do in prayer? I mean, in this season of preparation, do we spend more time baking and decorating than we do dwelling on God's Word? Do we spend more time cleaning the cobwebs from the corners of our house than we do cleaning the evil out of the corners of our heart? I mean, do we spend more time watching football than we do gathering in our Lord's house? In other words, are, are, are we getting ready for a, for a birthday party? Or are we getting ready to behold our coming Savior? And you know, I, I suppose it wouldn't matter if Advent is a little more than just a time to get ready to, to celebrate Jesus' birthday, right? But, but according to our collect for today, that's not the case. Right? Stir up our hearts, O Lord, to make ready the way of your only begotten Son. I mean, certainly, you know, certainly Advent is a time to get ready to gaze into the manger, right? But if that is where our preparations end, then we are missing out on what Advent is most especially about. Because you see, there, there are two other ways in which we can speak of Jesus' coming. Two other ways. And first, we can, we can also speak of Jesus coming to us, well, right now, right? In a very real way. Hidden, yes, but, but, but very real nonetheless. Right? Through His Word. Through His sacraments. Right? Jesus comes to us even now and gives us what He won for us by His cross and resurrection. As his word is spoken among us, Jesus comes and pronounces his word of absolution upon us. As the waters of holy baptism are poured over otherwise condemned sinners, Jesus comes and saves us by washing away all that sin. As his body and blood are given into our mouths to eat and to drink, Jesus comes to us with life and forgiveness. And how do we prepare for him to come to us in these ways? Well, we heed John's call to repentance. You see, it's no accident that, that we Lutherans, we begin every divine service with the confession of sin. And you know, it's not because we're, you know, say, more sinful than you know, the Baptist, right, for example. Rather, it's, it's because without acknowledging our sin and wretchedness, we are failing to acknowledge our, our desperate, desperate need for Jesus. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us, Holy Scripture says. 
But if we confess our sin, God is faithful and just and will forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Yes, Jesus comes into our presence, right, with his gifts, and so we repent, right? We must repent. And, and of course, Jesus has also promised to come again, right? We confessed it in the Apostles' Creed. And this, this is the other way that we, can, that we can speak of Jesus' coming. And that is his final coming. Right? His return on the last day, the, the day of the resurrection, right? Judgment day. Could be in our lifetime, could be after we sleep that sleep of death, right? We don't know, but we, we do know that he will come again powerfully and visibly. And it will be a time of eternal joy for those prepared for his coming, but it will also be a time of great anguish and e eternal condemnation for those who are not ready. And so, are we ready for the coming of the only begotten Son of God? Is that our focus? Is that what we are preparing our hearts and our minds for? Although, I, you know, I guess before we answer those questions, we need to, to look at exactly what, G, or what John's call to repentance is. And, you know, certainly it's, it's not an attitude of indifference that says, well, yes, I believe that Jesus will come someday, but you know, it doesn't really affect my life uh, today. Uh, John's call to repentance is also not a straddling of the fence that tries to hold on uh, to what Jesus has to offer all the while chasing after what the world has to offer. You see, that's a worldly Christianity, a lukewarm faith that Jesus threatens to spit out, as he once told the very, uh, very worldly Christians of Laodicea. You see, John's call to repentance, it calls for a radical break from sin, a life uh, that is lived as if this could be the day that Jesus comes again. And so repent, John says, now... Uh, turn from your sin, receive God's forgiveness in Jesus, and live according to God's will for your life. Right? Not tomorrow, today. Although I, you know, I suppose we, we better be careful. Uh, I mean, for it almost sounds like we somehow earn uh, God's uh, grace and forgiveness by our repentance. But, but, but really, you know, repentance is the exact opposite of, of trying to earn anything. For repentance, right? True repentance is but a humble acknowledgement before God that we have absolutely nothing of our own to offer God. We are but poor, miserable sinners who deserve nothing but His presence and eternal wrath. But on account of his great love to us in Jesus, we ask that he forgive us and grant us his gifts, including that gift of repentance. Again, it's why we prayed, stir up our hearts, O Lord, to make ready the way of your only begotten Son. In other words, you do it, God, because I cannot make my heart ready for Jesus to come you grant me a genuine repentance. Yes, repentance is a gift. And in fact, it's a, it's a gift that, well, we could say it, it keeps on giving. 
For this gift of repentance, it leads to concrete actions. And in fact, that's, that's the focus of much of our gospel reading. For John, he gives concrete ways for his hearers to, to live that are consistent with repentance. I mean, for example, John tells those who have more food and clothing than they need to share it with those who have none. I mean, certainly a, a pointed to call to us American Christians whose closets overflow and, and our waistlines bulge. Hey, John, John also tells us here is to be satisfied with their pay. Don't use your position to take advantage of others. Uh, again, a, a pointed call in the midst of, of our competitive, you know, get ahead no matter the cost society. But, but the point is that John's call to repentance, it demands more than just paying lip service. It involves a radical and a complete break from sin. But you know, I mean, have you, have you ever, ever repented and, and, and tried to, to break that habit called sin? Ever tried to, to truly prepare yourself for the, for the coming of Jesus? Well, if, if so, then you probably realize that, that the ruts that we get ourselves in, uh, the, the weaknesses of our flesh are just too, uh, too much for us to overcome. And, and indeed, as long as we are in this world, our, son, our sin does not and will not just disappear as much as we'd like it to. Right? We need help if we are to repent and, and, and to be ready for the coming of the Lord. Right? A lot. A, a lot of help. But again, the good news is that John's call to repentance is not just a demand, it's a gift. For this call to repentance promises that all flesh will see the salvation of God. In other words, God gives salvation, it is His salvation, and He has given this most precious gift to you through the water and word of holy baptism. For there, God your Father has given you the forgiveness of sin that Jesus won for you by His cross. There He has given you freely the promised Holy Spirit, all the power, all of God's power, that you need to repent in word and in deed. And so yes, dear, dear brothers and sisters in Christ, repent. Right, as those baptized into Christ's death and resurrection repent and heed John's warning to be ready. Pray to your Father in heaven. Continually pray to your Father in heaven. Stir up our hearts, O Lord, to make ready the way of your only begotten Son. Pray and know that in Jesus, right, by his cross and resurrection, you are ready. Right? You are ready, not just for Christmas, not not just for a birthday party, but ready to receive the Savior who comes to us today and who will come again in glory on the last day. Yes, thanks be to God that because of Jesus, right, and, and, and solely because of Jesus, well, we are ready, right, ready for the advent of our Lord. And so, may that peace of God that surpasses all human understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, our coming Savior. Amen.
Well, let us pray for all people in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. I invite you to stand for prayer. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the word of God sent forth into the world to the joy and edification of his holy people, that by it many who do not know Christ may come to faith, be comforted and strengthened with us, and sing to his name and extol his goodness. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, Lord have mercy. For the fearful and distressed, that Almighty God would guard our hearts against fear and foreboding of what is coming upon the world, and that he would instead strengthen our faith in joyful anticipation of Christ coming again in glory, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the tempted, that the Lord would preserve us from dissipation, drunkenness, and every temptation that would harm our faith and lead us to fear his coming in glory. And that he might strengthen our faith as we joyfully await his return. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the leaders of the earth and those who govern, that those who would hinder God's reign would be thwarted and his peace established in all places. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all Christian citizens, that in the midst of strife and conflict and wars and rumors of wars, we would remember that God has given all authority in heaven and earth to Christ, who reigns on high. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the sick and sorrowing, that the shepherd of Israel would give ear to their need, especially uh, Sam Falky, Bob Rash, Chuck Lichty, Arlene Leakey, uh, Lisa Rash, and Ted Phillips, and for healing, courage, and perseverance to all who cry out to God, that they may find comfort in his enduring word and the certain hope of the resurrection, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all who commune this day for repentance and firm trust in Christ, for right discernment of his holy body in the supper, and that God would fill us with joy and peace in believing, so that, forgiven and abounding in hope, we may, be, we may be enabled to stand with a clean conscience before his judgment throne. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all troubled consciences, that the God of comfort would show them the love of Christ, lift their heads to see that their redemption is drawing near, and bless them through the preaching of the gospel. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. And into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy, through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. 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 